Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 82. Today we are going to be talking about the North Dakota State College of Science Agriculture Land Lab. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcasting app, it's on Stitcher, Overcast, we got it on SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about this show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I'm really excited to welcome Jacob Maurer, who is an agronomist with RDO Equipment Company. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Jacob. To get started, I'd really like to hear a little bit about you and your background and how you got involved in this industry. Yeah, Tony. So I just started uh, with RDO, which this is actually the Final week of my first year with RDO Equipment Company. I, uh, this coming Friday, which this will be December 7th, will be my one-year anniversary, which it's kind of funny to think of how far we've come. But uh, the interesting thing being is kind of how I ended up here. I'm actually from, from central Kansas is where I grew up. And to go from central Kansas to now working in, in the uh, upper Great Plains in the, in the upper Midwest in North Dakota, Minnesota, and my territory also covers South Dakota. Um, it's It's been a wild ride to see how a, a kid that came from the city in, in Kansas in the middle of nowhere kind of now has made his way to now being a part of a, a podcast, which I've, I've never done before. So that's kind of kind of fun as well. Um, so my background, it's, it's simple and complicated like this. I went to Kansas State to study engineering, found that I wasn't great at math, engineering math, and uh, fell in love with uh, the farm that my grandpa had in Iowa. And so from there, really going into agribusiness and, and agricultural economics kind of felt like a perfect fit. Um, not really realizing that all the work that I did at Kansas State um, in my undergrad program would lead me to precision ag because all it was was surveying and land work and getting to know, you know, GIS and all of those things that now today are, are very much a part of modern day agriculture. And so got into the working world. Um, it didn't exactly make a splash. We all think we're going to make a splash right out of college, but didn't um, and found that I really, really fell in love with all of agriculture, uh, everything from agronomy to the business side to grain merchandising, all that good stuff, and went back to Kansas State for my master's degree and graduated while working full-time um, in the elevator system and the cooperative system, and then decided that it was time to, to change things up, so I got into academia. Why all of this would be a part of my um introduction is very much why all of those different pieces and all those different uh, 
um, experiences kind of led the Land Lab to what it is. So I, I've been a, an educator at a, a community college, a, a, you know, involved in the creation of a precision ag program, went to uh, North Dakota State University and became an extension agent, a uh, county agent for Cass County here in the, the Fargo-Moorhead area, and then now work for RDO Equipment Company and doing a lot of similar work and, and with the resources and the tools that I have in the team, more than anything, the team that I have that I get to work with on a daily basis, we've been able to create a really unique experience for the students that we'll talk about today. You talked about how your background, your extensive background and, and unique path to where you are today, how it ties in with what we're doing in the land lab uh, with the North Dakota State College of Science. So both you and myself and a number of other uh, product specialist team members got to be involved in this really unique situation. Uh, North Dakota State College of Science was uh, essentially donated a parcel of land for the students to utilize and to learn from. Jake, tell us a little bit about how this partnership came about and kind of how RDO got involved and got started with it. So this was project on day number one um, of me at, at RDO Equipment Company, and it, it was a really exciting first day. I, I got to meet a whole bunch of new people, and then uh, my my boss, uh, Joel Kaczynski, he is actually on the board of directors for the, the foundation, and so he had a great involvement as an alum of the program, as is a, a couple of our, our teammates here. And we sat down and said, you know, we want to give these students a unique experience. We want to do this for ourselves because we can learn a lot. There's a lot of things that we can do as a team. Uh, but we wanted a way to uniquely give back to the community in a way that they were seeking so kind of a hands-on, hands-off experience where we can provide them with resources or, or give them access to equipment or access to a farm and yet not be the sole owner and say, well, you can come out here anytime you want. It's truly theirs and we're almost asking for permission to be a part of it. And so our, our uh, request for proposal um, consisted of basically us outlining the things that we can provide to the school and and how we could go about doing that to involve as many departments within the agriculture program there as possible. And that, I think, is what made our proposal unique from any other was that uh, we, we were giving them the full-on experience. We would give them a real live farming um, experience or a real live experience um, you know, set of data, real live crops, but we would not be so hands-on that we would say, yep, we're just going to deliver this product to you. And that's the end of it. It was a, how do we want to go from point A to point B and how can we involve the students in the decision-making? And so the fun thing that I'm most proud of is that the grain that came off of this, this farm was given to the school, to the students. It wasn't It wasn't taken to the local elevator and we hand them a check at the end of the year and say, yep, congratulations, we all shake hands and stand in front of a, a camera and, you know, with this big check in our hand. It was a, here, here are the, the, the tickets, you pick the delivery point and uh, 
and you go sell it yourself. Go learn how the business works and, and, and see what you can and cannot do within the market. So I, I was really, really proud of the proposal that us as a company and us as a team were able to provide to the school and that it was accepted. With that proposal that RDO Equipment presented to NDSCS, you talked about a little bit about it actually with the, the involvement of the students. What does something like this mean to these students within the the program, the agriculture program, as well as I know we actually even got to involve a few other programs, the, the uh, surveying program down there at NDSCS, they got to take advantage of the land lab as well. What does this mean coming from your background of being an educator? What does it mean to have something like this? I think to me and, and to the, the entire school, it gives them a sense of ownership. It gives them, you don't have to go and ask for permission to go and study, to go and learn, to go and experience things. You no longer have to deal with all of the liabilities of, of equipment or transportation or, or parking on grounds that are not yours or injuries or any of those things that would, you know, typically stop a great experience from happening because you get almost caught up in the red tape. It, it gives you the ability to go and learn uh, freely on your own ground. We have not just one set of observations. We'll get three years of it. We'll get to actually build upon experiences instead of it being a negotiate year to year. It gives you the freedom to go and try things and know that, you know, it's not always going to work out, but we have the ability to make it work out, or we have the ability to learn from our mistakes and, and determine the best course of action moving forward. So I think that's the biggest thing for the students and for the educators is a sense of cooperation, collaboration, but ownership in the entire product. With the students being involved, getting them out in the field, one of the things that one of our initiatives within RDO was to introduce these students to as much technology and information and everything as we could. It The amount of equipment we used out there was really cool. We had a, a 2230 with TrueSet technology on it, uh, doing the tillage work in the spring. We got a, a DB44 exact emerge planter, and we'll actually talk a little bit about that, about the field trials that we did. Uh, we had a Haggy sprayer out there doing kind of the crop protection stuff. And then uh, we had a brand new S780 combine to do the the combining of the two different crops we had out there. So there was a lot of different equipment, a lot of new technology and really fun experiences we had out there within this first year of the NDSCS Land Lab. We as RDO, we provided the equipment. Now we needed a way to get the inputs. We knew that uh, we really would have to reach out. Talk to the listeners a little bit about how that all came about and what we did to to find a solution there. You know, I think the thing that I learned the most, and this all came in the first month or two of working for this company, was just how well received and how respected um, RDO Equipment Company or RD Offit Company, the entire enterprise is within the agricultural community here. And we thought, I thought, oh, we're going to have to probably kind of scrape, oh, we'll get our seed maybe from this group and we'll we'll get our other inputs from all these various ag retailers. We got them all from the very first person that we asked. They said, absolutely sign us up. 
and uh, uh, Farmers Union Oil of Southern Valley and their entire agronomy team in Winfield United. Um, they didn't just step up. They said, no, we, we would be, it would be silly for us to not be a part of this. And, you know, they could see the, the value from the very, very first moment, from the first words out of our mouth. And I think that was the biggest, most overwhelming thing to me was just seeing how excited they needed someone to kind of take the wheel, you know, RDO, uh, really stepped up to the plate and said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take this over. We're gonna need some help." And and it was really really neat how quickly we ended up getting calls from people saying, "Oh, we want on board. We want a part of this. We we want to be in on this entire project." And how really we didn't even really have to work at it to get to there. And so that was uh, that was really exciting. We got the equipment. We got the inputs, like you said, Farmers Union Oil of Southern Valley was very generous to step up and offer the the inputs and the agronomic, the professional services that we had. Where did we go from there, Jake? Talk to us a little bit about the the different field trials that we had and just everything we did throughout this first year. Right. So the big thing being... We had a piece of ground that we didn't know anything about. We had some soil samples, but after looking at the zones, the zones make sense if you've been the one farming it. And um, I, I do some write-ups for precisionag.com and for um, our RDO equipment communications team. And so one of the big things to me is, is taking big data. I love big data and breaking it down into smaller pieces. And so I thought, you know, it really would be a disservice to myself and to anybody else if I didn't kind of do the same thing and say, you know, we're going to learn this process ourselves. We're going to use our own data sets. We're going to figure this out for ourselves. And I think that was the biggest deal was from day one, we we decided that we were just going to collect the data and we're going to let things be. But we were going to, we wanted for our own sake, for, um, for the sake of, you know, the the equipment side of our business that we're not we're not really in the agronomy business per se we are every single piece of equipment that that goes across the field constitutes an agronomic event however uh the the big thing being is that you know we weren't going to do large-scale plot trials like you would see a, a seed dealer do for example or a chemistry dealer and so what we did was we did some some equipment trials. We we tried out the true set. We tried holding off on different inputs to see if we could see any differences in compaction. We put tracks we put tracks on one combine and had wheels on the other. Um, you know we're going to do a lot of tillage things in the coming years. We'll end up doing some uh, some different uh, drainage uh, ditch work. But uh, the fun one that we had this year involved our DB44 planter with uh, Exact Emerge. And one of the big concepts that, that makes our planter unique from any competitor is that really we, we have this high quality, uh, John Deere is known for its quality of planting, but we're able to do it rather quickly. And so, and, and Tony, you can attest to it from running the majority of them and how fast it uh, a planter going what 12 miles an hour can be you know going half a mile um, and how quickly you have to be on top of things but we basically that was our biggest field trial of of the year for that field was was doing a ramp from four up to 12 miles an hour and just seeing if there was any agronomic 
loss or gain that was as a result of, of planting differently, just doing nothing more than bumping up speed. Yeah, it's really, uh, like like you said, being in the cab of that planter at 12 miles an hour, you, you think traditionally three, four, maybe five miles an hour, it, going running a planter across a field, watching that thing go and having to turn around before you know it because you're cruising at 12 miles an hour. It was a fun, unique experience. And like you said, Jake, it was one of, it was pretty much our, our main field trials so that we at RDO Equipment could learn more about this planter, kind of the capabilities of it. And then also for the students to see differences or variabilities or whatever it may be. We also had some other stuff. The uh, uh, what has now been deemed Jake's Acres. We uh, tell them a little bit about that, or what uh, what the original plan was, and then due to environmental uh, effects, what happened and and how that all went about. Yeah, I appreciate the environmental effects and how we kind of lead off with that. So the the running joke in my family especially for my wife, you know, I tell her all the time about the projects I'm working on. And I say, you know, yeah, we got this little patch area and we grew some pretty decent corn. And she says, yeah, Jake, you were, you were born in Iowa. I'm not surprised you can grow some dang corn. Like that's not a surprise. It's probably everybody who is born, raised, grew up, lives in Iowa can know, you know, how to raise corn. Anyone can do that. I says, yeah, but I raised it on Jake's acres. And she says, what the heck is Jake's acres? I says, well, Jake's acres, basically everyone got to run the planter or got to run the tillage equipment, got to run every piece of equipment. And Jake was kind of running back and forth to the, the, uh, the co-op to pick up our extra inputs or running, you know, back and forth to, Oh, we need a bottle of death or we need our this or that. So I got to play runner up until the very, very end. And we always kind of work from South to North and the far Northwest corner kind of always ended up being the place where Jake got to play. And so at the end of the year, uh, looking over, you know, how great the corn was really some of the best corn that was ever raised on that ground on the Southern part where everybody else played versus Jake's little sandbox up in the Northwest corner, comically to everyone, but I guess me, but I've kind of owned it. Um, I mean, so much so that I wrote a song about it, but, um, <laughs> but basically Jake's acres was made, it was a, a preliminary trial where we we kind of ran out of inputs. We had the acreages wrong. We had a lot of things that didn't go right. And we thought, oh, you know, maybe mid-season we can do some in-season nitrogen applications. Well, of course, it rained a foot and a half, right, when we were needing to get out there right around Tassel or v between V6 and Tassel, that entire span. And then, you know, we had compaction. We had rutting. We had the lack of inputs. We had 40 pounds of nitrogen out there. We ran out of starter. We had a, we had to cut rates from our, our um, well, everything from our herbicide to our seeding rates because we ran out of seed we ran out of herbicide we ran out of everything and I think we still averaged like a hundred on that area which I was proud of you know coming from central Kansas good dry land corn was if you could get a hundred bushels an acre that was you were really doing something so I was I was proud of myself for that um I was also not necessarily the laughing stock. I like a good joke against me because I, I've been told I take a joke well, which I don't know what that means, but I, I'm guessing it's just that I, I don't yell or fight back. I just kind of laugh and wait. Anyway, um, but Jake's Acres to me was the ultimate success story because we were able, I was actually able to harvest a crop that I had, as a city kid, never been able to plant 
to to spray to to harvest myself and so you know i got to to learn how to not plant you know where you want straight rows and you want to make sure your turns lead in properly i mean you learn all these lessons that anyone else gets to to learn on their own family operation but you know, even professionals in today's agriculture environment, we don't always get those experiences. And so that was kind of the, the, the love affair I have with Jake's Acres is that it's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So, And that's exactly kind of the, the point and why I wanted you to talk about that. We had, we had a number of planned field trials. We also had a number of things that turned into field trials that we had not planned. Uh, like you said, cutting the, the, uh, the fertilizer application, cutting the rate in half because we just had to make do with what we had. And, and it was a perfect learning opportunity for these students. We had planned full intentions of getting in there, putting on an in-season application of nitrogen, and it just didn't work out. It was too wet. We couldn't get in. It wasn't going to happen. We still raised a crop. We still, like you said, much to our uh, our doubt, we, we came off there. Uh, that section of the field came off 100 bushels per acre, uh, and it actually surprised us. We were really, really impressed with what we were able to do, even with something that kind of, it, it was a botched effort or, or a, a, a field trial that, that happened but wasn't necessarily planned. Well, that's about all we have time for for this episode today. We're going to pick back up with Jake Maurer in two weeks, so stay tuned for part two of this episode about the Land Lab and North Dakota State College of Science. We've talked about how not everything really went according to plan, but in our next episode, you'll hear about what did work and the successes we saw from working with the college and the students. I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today, Jake, and look forward to sharing part two of this episode in two weeks. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.